Amen. Hey, I want to welcome Scott, and he's going to tell us what happened at the ramp. All right, praise the Lord. Thank you. Uh, for the youth that are here, I know there's only a few of you guys. Why don't you guys just come up here real quick to represent the group that went. Um, this won't be long, but Josh and Alea, I just come up here, and uh, there was about 14 of us that went youth, but also parents and some other people also joined us on this trip. It was uh, from December 29th, and then we came back January 2nd, and so uh, this was the second year we went to the ramp. I know last year we, we, we came back, and um, you know, with, with a different number of youth, obviously more came this time, and so it was, it was a different uh, trip for us. Um, but I just want to say on behalf of Deke and myself, we're just so thankful that you guys, you know, stepped up and stepped into to what God was doing in, this, in that weekend. You know, we, we were just so uh, encouraged to not only see the youth that we were connected to, but also the youth of, from all around this nation come and gather to magnify the name of Jesus. And so we just want to say, you know, the plans that he has for this younger generation uh, is going to be contended for, is, is going to be uh, not freely just handed over. And so we just want to say, you know, that you guys are a blessed generation. You guys have so much to uh, seek after, so much to find in the Lord. And we just, we just bless you in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, thank you, guys. Thanks. All right, so to give a little bit of a perspective, we did come up with a slideshow, and uh, we're just going to go ahead and show you that right now. Yes to Jesus and everything. 
All right. So, uh, obviously, the conference went through the new year, and, uh, you know, from I think the start of it, there was just an expectation from uh, DK, myself, and the group that we were just going to be able to draw close to the Lord and just have this blessed time as we, as we go through the new year. Um, you know, the previous year that we went, I, I think, you know, the the touch of the Lord on their lives was so impacting that it creates that hunger in, in your own life to say, well, I, I know I need to be close, closer to the Lord. And so it, it gives you that grace, that, that desire to have that fresh hunger to, to see the Lord close in your own lives, you know. And this younger generation has a grace to do that. If they are seeking the Lord, if, if they are, you know, uh, uh, sharing their testimony. It's, it's basically uh, saying uh, in an invitation, come and see, come and find what I have experienced, what, what, what the Lord has shown me, you know, and, and, and it cause, causes even us, you know, uh, older generation to say, even though I may have known the Lord in the past, even though I may have experienced some things in the Lord, that God is a God of now, and so, you know, at times God wants to shut doors in your lives that they may not be reopened, you know, and open the doors that no man can shut. And so I believe that in these trips, these youths are finding doors open 
that no man can shut in their lives because of God who he's revealed himself to be to them. And so I'm just so grateful and thankful. Now I know I've been a little bit talking to Josiah and I'm just going to ask you to come on up here, Josiah. Um, definitely uh, just a leader in our youth. And, uh, you know, thankfully me and Josiah have been able to work a little bit together. Um, so he, we, we've been working together in, in general, but also, you know, he's, he's a big part of our youth. And um, let me tell you something about Josiah. If you're looking to have your heart laid bare before the Lord, you know, you talk to him and, and you just see his hunger to, to, to know God, and he'll, he'll be able to, to share that with you, you know, and it was evident on this trip, and I know on the trips that we took before, um, so I'm just blessed by that, and why don't you just share a little bit of maybe about this trip, and maybe just, you know, maybe the difference it was from the previous year, or just something that the Lord encouraged you in, you know? I know that um, before I went to the ramp, I was going in expectation of just open doors and just seeing what God has for me in, in visions or even in just what he could show me what I have for this, this year. But instead of that, he just gave me something that I needed more that's just going to get me through this entire year. It's the joy of the Lord. And he's just given me so much. He's given me one pure vision this, during this trip. I actually experienced him in the room of our Airbnb, and he was touching every one of these, these this youth's heads. I talked to every one of those young men of that, this youth, and every one of them been touched. It may have not seemed like it, but whatever you guys are praying is truly working, and it's, they're getting touched, and it's really moving me. Hallelujah. Thanks, Josiah. Appreciate it. So, yeah, obviously several of our families and youths are not here today. Um, they're fighting off some colds and, and a little bit of flu. So, But um, we're glad we're able to be here and just share a little bit of our time with the Lord, with everyone. I'm going to try not to hurry, so I'm going to try to just, you know. There, it's been such a go weekend, you know. And then to get back and be like, all right, we're, you know, we're back home. And obviously we do have three little kids. And so, um, but praise the Lord. You know, if there ever was a time to know that this is the, this is the day of salvation, it's now. And especially for this younger generation. The day of salvation is not somewhere in the future. It's now. And so we, we want to just speak that out into, you know, those that may be even listening online. Don't wait, for your, don't wait for the Lord to, to come hunt you down, you know, three, four years down the road. And you may be 16, 18. You may be looking to other people, maybe even your parents, to say, show me the way. But I want to tell you that you can know the Lord because he is not a God who is far off. And so if, if, you're, if you're in the age group of 13 to 19, even in your, in your uh, you know, uh, a young adult do not wait to turn your life unto the Lord the day of salvation is now in this generation 
needs to, needs to really know that the open door that God's given them is the fellowship of himself coming to be with them, to, to guide them, to, to be there all in all. In a world that wants to offer everything under this generation, at a moment's notice, just turn on your phone and you have it at your fingertips. The presence of God is more. The presence of God is able to fill and satisfy anything that you would need. And so, all right, I'm, I'm going to uh, talk a little bit. Um, is, this is more informative and so uh, at the, as a youth pastor, I felt like information is good to know a little bit about what this generation is up against, a little bit about a global perspective of some of the youth's um, reality in the day that we live in. And so this uh, report was made by the Global Youth Culture, and uh, it's by a company called One Hope. And I, I thought to share some things to give us perspective um, so right now, teenagers make up 11% of the world's population. Um, so the global, this global report sent out an online survey from ages 13 through 19 years old. And the main thing that you know, is, is kind of important for us to understand is the, these are not just percentages, these are people. And so these are real lives, and this is going to help us to pray this, this is going to help us to pray, you know, even as we step into this new year. Even as you know, you may even have teenagers that you're, yourself are raising, that you come into contact with, even in our own county, Wilkes County. And so, here we go. So, over half, 50, 52% say they never read religious scripture on their own. So, that's almost half of youth globally have never opened up to read, you know, even if, it, even if it's not a Christian text, you know. So 40% of self-identified Christians say they never read the Bible. So there's a big disconnect between the Word of God and them seeing it as a reality in their life. Um, all right. Over half, 52%, believe that all religions teach equally valid truths. Christians are just as likely as non-believers to say this. Um, and then it went on to say that this is around 67% for those who are from other major faith religions. That all religions teach equally valid truths. So obviously, if you're a Christian, you know that Jesus Christ says, I am the truth. I am the life. No one else comes to the Father but through me. And so the whole thing about, you know, there are more ways than Jesus Christ to heaven is a real issue. Because there's a, such a deception, whether it be not only in the Christian faith, but also obviously if you if you're come from a Buddhist faith or a Muslim faith or a Hindu faith. Um, let's make it clear to this generation that Jesus is the only way to the Father. Don't, don't let the media, don't let what your friends are saying, uh, you know, discredit the truth of the living word is that Jesus Christ is the only way unto salvation. And so we just want to know that this generation is hearing all sorts of stuff in the media, in their schools, 
They are up against a media frenzy. And a lot of it, and I'll go through some, some more of uh, the statistics, it's causing mental health issues. So one of the main things we can stand up and pray for this youth and this younger generation is mental health. This generation is bombarded by anything and everything that wants to give them a, a half-truth, a false truth. So let, let's keep that in mind as we just read some more here. Hang on. All right. Two and three teens say that their faith, beliefs, or spiritual journey are a major part of their identity. So in a sense, they're generally thinking... It is a major part of their identity. So the, the difficult thing to, to wrap your head around or to, you know, to fully understand what's going on is as I keep reading here. So how many, how many identify as a Christian worldwide? And they, they had um, come to the general percent that it's about 43% worldwide youth say that they're Christian. So, but then they gave a further, you know, I, I, I don't want to say checklist, but just, you know, instruction to say, well, how do you practice your faith? And they came up that about only 7% who are said to dis display the beliefs and habits of a committed Christian, 7% of this younger generation. Now, I know we have a remnant here, I know we have a remnant of youth that, that are a part of this church. And so to give a perspective globally, you guys are not the majority, you know. And that's why it's so important that you guys do realize and step into the, the life that God's called all of you young people to. So further on, um, they said 41% of youth who do not attend church said they would come if they're invited. 34% uh, say they're not sure. So there is a little bit, well, I don't know. I don't know if I'd come to church or not, you know. Um, only one in four say they would not come. So 25%. Um, so obviously, as I was saying before, a significant number are struggling with their, their mental health. Um, all right, this is another specific thing that we can realize is one in four globally report having suicidal thoughts within the last three months. That's one in four youth battling the accuser, battling condemnation. This is an oppression against this generation and against who they are. Very much wanting to steal, kill, and destroy the destiny that this generation is called to rise up into. One in 14 say they actually attempted to take their own life. One in 14 youth globally say they've actually acted on it. So, just another thing to keep in our hearts, keep in our, our minds. The enemy is not going to sit back. But we have to say in this generation too, I'm not going to sit back either. If there's a heart to pray for the love of Jesus Christ to come and impact, obviously, our younger generation, we need to be just as determined to say, 
I'm not going to just sit back and, and, and at times when I'm led by the Holy Spirit to just offer something that is maybe only halfway. The Lord is saying that if you seek me, you will find me. And I believe that in this generation, if we pray, God will raise up his standard, you know? And I know it's, it's, it seems daunting, the, the level of darkness and, and things that are pervading our world. But we are the church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. We have to step out and say no more. No more assault against our youth's minds. And I know we have different ways that we can all help with that, whether you're a parent or whatnot. But the reality of the situation is dire. This generation is facing a mental health issue that is beyond what humanly we are able to, to have an answer for. But God, but Jesus Christ, the presence of the Most High God. You know, in Psalm 91, it says, if you make the Lord your dwelling place, you will find refuge. And so, in a little bit, I'm going to invite my wife up here, and we're just, we're going to share a couple things, but I'm going to work through this. Now, now listen to this to give us some more perspective. Teens are spending an average of seven hours and 23 minutes online daily. Teens who are heavy internet users, 10 plus hours per day, are struggling more than ever with mental health. So 94% of teens say they watch videos every day, 94%. That's pretty much every single youth, you know, if they have a phone. So videos are the teens go to. And they are a powerful vehicle to reach the young gener- this young generation, you know, the, the videos. Um, so some of the things that I felt like to, to just share with you is, is kind of informative, that the Lord would have mercy on this generation. Have mercy on us, Lord. Have mercy on the temptations that this generation is going to face, you know. Uh, not only... Uh, suicidal, but also anxiety, depression, loneliness. Um, you know, if, 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 if you don't have a, a close friend base or, or you know, the, the family structure is not, like, stable, you can just imagine how the enemy is able to, to further unstabilize the mental, the mental and the heart uh, position of that person's identity. All right. I'm just going to go through a little bit more, and then I'm going to uh, share something in Scripture. All right, gender. Teens are split right down the middle when it comes to gender. Around half of the teams globally say that it is primarily, primarily based on the sex a person is born as. But the other half of today's teens believe gender is a choice. Something that can be self-determined according to a person's feeling or sexual attraction. 10% of teens say they have experienced gender identity confusion within the past three months. Um, One in five teens report, report feeling sexually attracted to the same gender within the past three months. We just thank the Lord for 
He is not a God of confusion. And Lord, we just ask for, in this morning, for you to raise up a standard of peace, of, of a sound mind, God, and, and the people that would uh, be a part of your living community. But God, we pray for intervention for this younger generation. God, all of this gender confusion is seemingly coming as an onslaught to against uh, this younger generation's identity. God, would you help us, Lord? We're pleading for your help. We believe that, that though people may find it difficult, that Jesus can be found in their lives, and that we pray that the, the day of salvation is now, the day of freedom and deliverance is now from the enemy's destruction. And uh, uh, to end on just a, uh, a good note here, It says the vast majority, 82%, say they're satisfied with their friend and family relationships. So I would just like you know, everyone to agree with me uh, and invite to entrust the start of this 2024 unto the Lord. And uh, going back to Psalm 91... He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Father, I pray that any deadly pestilence and then any deadly plagues that want to uh, continue to onslaught this younger generation, God, that, that you would raise up your standard in the heavenlies, Lord. Father, that you would raise up uh, the people and the church to pray that, that, that there would be an obvious... Uh, change in the nations, God, that there would be an, an overflow, as your, as your word says in Joel 2, that you will pour out your spirit on all flesh. Father, that you would pour out your spirit in this younger generation, God. Father, that you would wash away the worldliness, the things that want to come and destroy this younger uh, generation's identity in you, God. Father, we thank you for it in this morning. All right, the, I'm just going to share just a brief thing about uh, our trip to the ramp and something I was so encouraged by. You know, we went to the ramp trip, and we had this great time in the conference, and um, we had planned to go do a time of evangelism with these guys. And uh, Josiah was sharing a little bit about what he encountered in, in the Lord just on that day um, in our group. But um, as we went out, we, we went out in, in uh, three different groups, and we went, all went out to different places um, in Cleveland. And we just said, hey, guys, you know, gave them a little bit of a guidance to say, hey, we're going to go talk to people about the Lord and to pray for people if it's needed. And uh, they, uh, they were, I guess, more than excited about it that I felt. Because as we got into the places where we prayed to go into and talk to people, they were bold to go up to people and talk to people about the Lord. Um, I was so encouraged. I was just like, hallelujah. Um, not only did, did God give them that, that boldness to pray for people, to talk to people about the Lord, but I, I believe a couple of the people that we were able to pray for and talk to them um, a couple of them, I felt, uh, received emotional healing. 
um, Micah and Josh were talking to a guy in, in, in uh, Dunham's outdoor uh, sports store. And uh, they were telling him about Jesus and praying for him. And, and as they left, they said, all they can hear was him crying, you know. And so the, the visible ministry of the Lord, you know, was evident as they, as they prayed, as they believed. Uh, the other team went and prayed for a young daughter who was having panic attacks, who was having um, anxiety attacks and seizures. And uh, as uh, Alea, Navea, and uh, one of our leaders were praying for this young girl, um, believing for healing, you could just see the mother so moved and just weeping and crying and, and just knowing that God was doing something in this. No, I don't know if, if that younger daughter actually is free from panic attacks or anxiety attacks, but we're believing, you know, as, as God has brought us to certain people, uh, you know, not only that we would receive, the, you know, everything, but we're also to give, you know. And so... We're, we're so excited. We're planning some other stuff with this younger guys to go and to share the love of Jesus as, even as we go throughout this year. That was a major highlight for, I know, Deke and I on this trip. Um, all right. I, I just want to go through uh, a scripture in 2 Corinthians 5, and I'm going to start in verse 14. And uh, I'm going to read through some scripture here, and I'm going to read through some more scripture, but then I'm, gonna, I'm just going to make a statement here at the end. And uh, after we go through that, I felt like to share uh, six, pra- six practices for realizing the presence of God. And so just something that, you know, we're working on as a youth, we've We've read, going through the book uh, by Brother Lawrence, to practice the presence of God. And so a little bit to cultivate that heart, to, to know that the presence of God is near. But it's got to be more than a theology. And that's what we want these younger people to know, is that God with us, the hope of glory, is more than just a theology. It's a reality. And so that reality will unlock so many things in their hearts in their relationship and fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I'm just going to go through six steps, and then um, I'm going to invite Deke up after that. All right. Matthew, um, sorry, Matthew. 2 Corinthians 5.14. For the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died, explaining by... Christ's death on the cross, the death penalty for sin has been paid for, for all who trust in him. So, verse 15, and he died for all, that those who live might no, no longer live for themselves, but for him, who for their sake died and was raised. Verse 16, from now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, 
not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the ministry of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God is making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Praise the Lord. Anybody excited about the righteousness of God? Anybody need the righteousness of God in their lives? Oh, don't we ever need the righteousness of God in our lives. Matthew 10. I'm just going to go through a couple more scriptures, and then I'm just going to make a statement here. Matthew 10, 38. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Verse 39, whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. There's a major distinction in the lordship of Jesus Christ. It's not us and our lives anymore. It's unto the Lord. And so there's a big difference that we can understand that the lives that we now live is unto the Lord. And so that's one of the big keys about practicing the presence of God is unto the Lord. And so one more, Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. Paul writes in verse 1, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your minds, that by testing you may discern the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. So all this to say is, Our sanctification does not depend on changing what we do. In as much, in doing, we do it for the sake of him. So we don't do it for our own sake anymore. So the, the major encouragement that Brother Lawrence talks about is As you would do your normal tasks in your daily lives, you would do them unto the Lord. And so I'll go on to share that. He says that with much difficulty at times, you can develop the heart's posture to fix your gaze, to fix your heart unto the Lord and and your daily activities. And you could find the presence of God and the fellowship by the Spirit inviting you to commit all unto the Lord as best you're able to do. And so he writes, we should not become weary in doing good even in the little things for the love of God. God regards not the greatness of the work but the love with which the work is done. Who should not be surprised if in the beginning we fail to practice the presence of God? In the end, we will naturally develop a habit refining our hearts and producing the acts through us 
without effort of the love and adoration of our Lord Jesus and our, and, and our Savior. So, let me just go through, and, and if you want to write these down, these, these have sincerely helped me in my walk with the Lord. Sincerely helped me. And it's not that I, I've been able to have this practice of the presence ongoing, but at times when I do apply it to my life, I see that it is there. It is true. And so what, what he shares, the first point that he makes is the first practice is purity of life. So we are to guard ourselves in case we do or say anything that might displease God. Uh, then it is important to repent of it immediately, humbly, humbly asking God for forgiveness. So the first practice, purity of life. Be present with the Lord, you know. If you, if you have been uh, convicted by the Lord that, hey, you, you might have misspoken or you might have done something and maybe even you should have done, just be present with the Lord. That is a main practice is the purity of life. Second, is faithfulness in the practice of the presence. So we are to keep our souls fixed on God in faith, calmly, humbly, and lovingly, without, the, uh, without allowing the appearance of, of anxious thoughts and emotions. And I gave the scripture, Philippians 4 or 5, on that. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share uh, a brief testimony that I had when I went to my mom's in Winston-Salem briefly. I, uh, I was trying to practice the presence of God, and I'll, I'll share a couple more steps and you'll see this, but he says to, when you're, when you're doing a normal task, you, you fix your heart unto the Lord and say, Lord, I just commit to you this task, or I, I just commit to you this time that I'm going to be driving, or commit this time I'm going to be going to the store. And so... As we began to go visit my mom, I began to practice the presence of God. And I began to get to the place where we were going to the store, and I had um, my wife, who was going to cook for my mom. It was my mom's birthday. And so I was just trying to obviously fix my heart unto the Lord, even as we had normal conversation and, and every, life was happening as normal. But inside my heart was fixed on worshiping Jesus. And... Uh, it didn't take long as we drove, as I began to re reassert my heart and fix my, 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 my gaze on Jesus, I began to, to feel that there was a grace to also practice his presence, you know. That, that wasn't like what I'm normally used to, you know. There was a grace to, to practice the presence of God, that, it, that, that God is with me no matter where I go. And I began to have my countenance change I began to have this joy in my countenance. And I noticed it more so than usual. I said, Lord, this must be your presence and the fellowship with your spirit. And I, I just began to be inner, inside of me, so joyful in the Lord. And I thought, wow, well, this would be great if I could, you know, find you in this place every day, you know. Like, this would just be awesome, you know. And um, I remember my wife, I, I went, she said, go and buy me some peas I said, what are you going to cook? Like a, like a chickpea curry, you know? I went in there, and uh, I bought the sweet peas. And she says, no, that's the wrong peas. Go back in and buy the right sweet peas. I mean, the chickpeas, sorry. 
So I'm looking through the aisle and I, and I found another bag, garbanzo beans, and it said chickpeas on the bottom. And so I grabbed three, three bags. I go back to her. I said, here you go, honey. I got the chickpeas. It says it on the bottom. She says, oh, you got the ones that are in packaging. I needed the ones in the can. These are going to take a long time for me to cook. Go back in. And I just feel like, Lord, I commit this unto you. And I will find joy even though I'm running back and forth. And uh, I just felt the, the joy of the Lord. I even had a couple people look at me like, What's, what, what are you doing? Why are you smiling so much, you know? I just couldn't help it, you know? I just felt that joy of the Lord, you know? It, it's there. It didn't take me long to practice the presence, to fix my heart on the Lord, and for the Lord to say, this is, this is the fruit, you know? And so I went back and I said, here you go, honey. I, I got the canned ones, and this is right, right? She said, yes. I thought, oh, praise the Lord. I've done it, you know. I've succeeded. Oh, gosh. All right. All right. So first, the practice of purity in life. Second, faithfulness in the practice of the presence of God. All right. Number three. Make it your practice before, as I was saying, before any task to look to God, even if it's just for a moment. And look to God while doing any activity. And also after you have completed it, uh, you pretty much just say, Lord, I worship you. Or, or put it in your, Lord, I'm wholly yours. God, I want to give you all of my life. You know, you have, it becomes a prayer. It becomes a, a as Romans said, a living sacrifice unto the Lord, you know. In your daily tasks, you begin to practice the presence of God who says, where I go, I will be with you forever, no matter where you go. But it becomes a reality in our lives, you know. And I know some of you guys obviously do this maybe more than I do. Um, all right, it takes much time and patience to practice this. So, you know, Brother Lawrence was basically saying, don't be discouraged by failure. The habit is only developed with much difficulty. Yet when, is it when it is achieved, how great will your joy be? You will automatically be able to step into the place of practicing the presence of God where you maybe have been used to being, your heart is far from the Lord, you know? Um, He says, but be careful, be careful that your mind does not wander back to the world again. Keep it fixed on God alone so that being subdued by the will, it may be trained to abide with God. And that's what we're after. We're after the abiding presence, not the momentary presence, the abiding presence of the Lord within our midst. And that, what I believe, makes evangelism, makes sharing the Lord easy. It's an overflow. It's, a, it's, a, it's an overflow. At times, it's hard to contain the things that you're feeling inside of you. I remember when we were on trips in YWAM, when I first read this, practice the presence of God. I remember I made it a focus to practice the presence of God. 
And in times in my relationship with the Lord, I'd be so hungering after God that I'd have these encouragements to go all night. And God says, I'll give you energy to go all night. And I believe that that is part of God giving us the fellowship, but also giving us the more of his spirit, the prevailing presence to do his will, to pray his will, you know? We need that. We need that. So this is just a practical thing, especially I've been trying to encourage the youth, practice the presence of God. The theology that wherever two or three are gathered, he is in our midst, has got to become more than the theology. it got to become the reality of his presence, the Christ in us, the hope of glory, you know, become manifested in and through our lives, in and through to, to our, you know, places that we would go to school, in and through our relationships and our family relationships. All right, so. Number four, simply use the words when you begin to practice the presence, as I was saying, God, I'm yours. God, I, I commit this day, I commit this time of, of this act unto you. I love you with all my heart. And so the main thing about not having your mind wander is a place of worship, right? A place of prayer and worship. So God says that he will keep those in perfect peace who mind has stayed on him, right? So there's a place of peace that is able to come where there is no peace. And boy, don't we know this generation needs peace, right? All right, number five, the practice of the presence of God is somewhat difficult at the beginning, yet at the proper time, it produces a harvest of righteousness. This is the thing that I was telling you about a couple days ago as I was driving to go visit my mom is I felt the grace of God come down to give, any, give me the ability to say, this is more than just something I'm doing habitually. Like, this is from my heart. I'm starting to feel it from my heart. And the grace of God enabling me to enter into his presence as I practice him with me, you know. It's amazing. And so I'm going to just end with saying uh, number six is remember that to attain the practice of the presence of God, we have to deny the senses. No soul which takes delight in the worldly things can find full joy in the presence of God. So if we have our affections and a little bit geared towards things in the world, we must first say, Lord, I deny that. I, 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 I humbly come before you that you would rid me of those worldly affections, of those worldly attachments, you know, whether it be in my mind or my heart. And the scripture that I was just referencing off that is 1 John 2, 15 through 17. And uh, I know this community loves the presence of God. And so I believe there's, there's greater grace as uh, we go through this new uh, first Sunday, you know, this new year, that there's open doors for God's grace to experience his presence. But it does take for us to apply ourselves, you know, to be able to walk with God close to our hearts and say, God, I am wholly yours. I know it may seem very uh, practical at first, but then it becomes something that is just a passionate pursuit of your life that be, you begin to commit your whole life unto the Lord. And may God give us all grace to do that in this day.
All right, I'm gonna shift, and uh, we got a little bit more time that we want to share with you guys. Um, all right, I'm gonna invite my wife, Diki. Why don't you come up here? Uh, this is my wife, Diki. If you don't know, we're both youth pastors here at the gathering, and uh, me and Diki, we've been married for ten years. This February, right? So that's, that's enough to, to thank the Lord and praise the Lord. Um, I'm just blessed to have her in my life. I mean, to be honest, we were married in Bhutan, in Thimphu, Bhutan, where she's from. Um, to be honest, those first two years, I didn't know if we were going to make it. We're just going to be honest. It, we had our battles. Let's, let's just put it that way. Um, I, think we, I think we traveled through 10 countries within the, um, before you, she was actually able to come here. So in the first two years, I think we were through like uh, four or five different countries. And uh, me and Diki, we met in Lahadatu, uh, right? This is a little uh, place out in the middle of nowhere in Malaysia, um, in Sabah. And I had sought the Lord when I was in Australia, and the Lord had said, you got to go to this watchman school. It's a two-week watchman school. you got to be there. And I just had this conviction in my heart, I have to go to this watchman school in Lahadatu. And uh, I remember the one year I wasn't able to go. I had to wait another year. And so what I would do is I'd, I'd, I'd work in California, I'd save up my money, and then I'd say, okay, Lord, where are we going? And from there, I'd be able to step out, you know, different places. And we did, we did different stuff in Myanmar. Uh, we obviously lived in India for a time. But um, I met Diki in Malaysia. And to be honest, I didn't even know where her country was located on the map. I said, Bhutan. I said, I've never heard of Bhutan. And so that began a journey of, obviously, us uh, ending up in a long-distance relationship and uh, if it wasn't for the Lord speaking to, I think, both of us, we wouldn't be up here saying uh, we've, we've been married for about 10 years now. So thanks be to God. And uh, I'm going to say one more thing about Diki, and then I'm going to have you share what you want to share. Um, Diki is, uh, she won't be sharing this about herself to everyone, so I, I get the chance because I'm up here to just share it. Um, her brother was, was a pioneer in Bhutan with uh, the youth ministry there. Major pioneer. And they, and they saw revival in, in that younger generation there in Bhutan. Um, her brother had pulled her into the ministry when she was uh, 12, about 12 years old. She began to push her to, to reach out to the youth in, in her country and, you know, if, if you guys know anything about Bhutan or, or anything in that area, it's not, you're not allowed to go out in the street and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's just not allowed. Um, what she would do, she would gather her youth, and uh, she would go to the pubs and do kara Christian karaoke in the pubs. And she would pray for the many people in that generation that were lost, you know. Um, if there's somebody who, who I wanted to be by my side and 
to be in the trenches, it's her. I'm, I'm just so thankful that God allowed me to obviously be with my wife. And I know you guys feel the same way about your own spouse. Um, I'm just very, very privileged. So. Thank you. He's very sweet. <laughs> Scott is such a humble and very, um, very soft. Um, I'm blessed with him. He's such a kind person, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, um, he's very patient. He has so much patience. Sometimes when I lose it, he's like, it's okay, you can go. It's okay, you know. So he makes it everything so easy. So um, I'm thankful that he's my life partner. <laughs> you know, be blessed with your family and with your spouses. You know, God wants that. God wants for every one of us. And um, when we moved here, I had a dream uh, about the family. Uh, there was a small community, and it was all walled in their own um, houses or apartment. And there was a small um, drainage flowing your own garbages, whatever, uh, waste. But I saw from the mountain there was a big flood of swamp coming. And it came and it rushed through that small gutters from your own personal small gutters. And it started to flood it. And it flooded whole house. And some children were trying to, you know, um, save themselves. They were on the plank, some were like drowned, some were dead. Then I felt like, God, what am I going to do? How can I save them? And I felt like, pray. Pray for your family. There are so much swamps coming in your family, in your relationship, in your children's life. We need to stand for them. We need to pray. And I felt like God is asking me to like rise up the young mothers and pray and intercede. And we did that for a year and it went really, really awesome. There was great you know, restoration in some relationships, some, um, like you, I heard so many testimonies, like the mothers were sharing from what they were going through and what happened after the prayer. So I believe, you know, when we come in unity, sometimes we feel like I can do myself in my comfort zone. I can pray. Sometimes we need other strength to come in unity to break that yoke completely. Amen. So in unity, unity has a power. It has a power to break that chain that we cannot break by ourselves. Sometimes we get weary and weak, but God says, no, come, 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 pray. Let's pray together and let's break it. So let's come together and pray for our family and break that yoke, whatever thing is there, let's break that chain to bring freedom in our families and in children's life. And before we became youth pastor here, uh, I had, I was dreaming a lot. I told Pastor Shirley and Pastor David about this dream. I was dreaming a lot about youths, and I was like, why am I dreaming? Am I going back to Bhutan to, you know, lead the youth? What is going on, God? And then um, in that dream, what I saw was like there was a school bus, and we don't have that kind of school bus. It's only in the U.S. 
So we are going to the ministry and we stopped somewhere in that dream and it was a small house. We went, we asked all the youths to get in and then I was like, okay, you guys have snacks and whatever, get refreshed. I went to the bathroom and the person came and said, do not go to the bathroom. This bathroom is not good. Like there is something there. And I said, no, I need to go to the bathroom. And I went and he said, don't close the door. And I'm like, I need to close the door, you know? So I tried closing the door and he said, okay, don't completely lock it. Just keep it half open. And I did it. As soon as I closed it, another door opened from the other side and there was a naked white woman just walked in. It was the spirit. And he said, you are offending me. Why you are coming here? Why you are with these kids? You know, and then he started to try to suffocate me and she said she wants to kill me. And somehow I just did, God, I need your strength. And all of a sudden, God allowed me to do like this and there was a sword on my hand and I chopped the head of that lady. And I took the head out and I said, okay, youths, look. And I took on the rough wall, a concrete wall, and I started to rub that head. And then I, you know, put it with the, uh, mixed it with the, uh, what do you say, um, soil and make the box and then put the cross and I said, okay, now we are free. It is done. And then we went on the bus and we traveled again and we stopped near the tree and there was a ditch, duck. And I, we all got out and that same woman again got up from that ditch, and she was like filled with the slimy, bloody um, stuff all over her, and she was like, please don't let me go, you know, from these children. I wanna say last goodbye, I just wanna come a little bit and say bye, and I was like, no, you're not doing that. You're not going to see anybody else, you're gonna go down. And then I again slaughtered her, and I covered, buried her there. So that was the dream, and I, with that, I feel like whatever Scott is sharing about manipulation, the youth are going through a lot of manipulation, brainwash, uh, whatever lies had been spoken to them. You know, spirit of Jezebel, how it comes like with a sweet and soft spoken way and it just makes its way, you know? So that's how Satan is doing. If he cannot get the family, if he cannot get the grandparents, he can get the teenagers, he can get the little children. You know, we were listening to the testimonies, how the kids, how these people were addicted to the pornography. I don't know, I don't know, even know how to pronounce that. <laughs> so they were getting addicted, like how the scene comes from the windows, you know? So sometimes we need to be sensitive where we are and how we are guiding our kids and be standing like not too late, even small things to get inside our children and our family. I want Scott to read one verse that I wanted to really talk on a little bit. <laughs> So she was, she was sharing with me that, and I thought, well, yeah, it's uh, definitely to stand in the gap for this generation. If, if there ever was evil trying to come, there are many different ways through, through the windows, whether it's through the web or whatnot, it's an onslaught. And so we definitely want to confront it. Um, 2 Kings 9, in verse 30, uh, it talks about uh, when Jehu came to Jezreel, 
Jezebel heard of it, and she painted her eyes. She adorned her hair and looked out the window. And as Jehu entered the gate, she said, Is it peace, you Zimri, murderer of your master? And he lifted up his face to the window and said, Who is on my side? Who? Two or three Enochs looked out at him. He said, Throw her down. So they threw her down, and some of her blood splattered on the wall and on the horses, and they trampled on her. Then he went and ate and drank, and he said, See now to this cursed woman and bury her, for she is a king's daughter. But when they went up to bury her, they found no more of her than a skull and the feet and the, and the palms of her hands. When they came back and told him, he said, The word of the Lord, which is spoke, by his servant Elisha the Tishbite, the territory of Jezreel, the dogs shall eat the flesh of Jezebel. And uh, I'll let you pray here in a second. I just want to say one thing. We, we definitely wanted to know that, that this hour that this generation is facing is very urgent. And we want to occupy that territory that the enemy has come in like a flood. And we want to say, in Jesus' name, no. We, we, we send back the enemy's taunts and the oppression. We send it back in the name of Jesus that it will not come and pervade their lives. It will not come and, and bring them astray. We ask for the full provision of God's spirit to cover this generation. We ask for full provision of the anointing of Jesus Christ to be a dwelling place in our midst and also in the places that may not... Uh, Magnify your name, Lord, that you would preserve this generation, God. So here, uh, what I feel is like um, God wants us to rise our own Jehu. We have our own Jehu. Sometimes we believe like the greater prophets. We try to find um, who can heal, who, who has like ability to prophesy, who can bring fire from the heaven, but God looks at you and say, sometimes we think we are nothing. We're just sitting there. We don't have power. We can't pray. We are useless. We don't even know anything. We don't even know how to pray. But God comes and says, no, you are mighty warrior and I've anointed you. Rise up from where you are. You are my warrior. You're going to rise up and go to the enemy's camp and you're going to, what do you want to do? Throw that Jezebel out of the window. We are not sitting back on our seat and think like, okay, we went to the enemy's camp, but we are still sitting there. But God wants us to come on. Come out of that chair and go to the enemy's camp and confront. Let's not be Elijah, right? Let's not be Elijah. He was powerful, great. What happened when Jezebel threatened him? What happened? He ran. He hid. He was scared. But what God had to do, he had to go to the normal warrior, right? And said, I have anointed you, man. Come on. You have to go and slaughter this witch. We have a witch here ruling the nations. There is a witch here. Manipulation, anger, you know, gender confusion and everything that is ruling over our children. You know, child sacrifice, all this thing. Who does it? The enemy. Are we ready to go to the enemy's camp? And look at yourself. Look here. 
and say, rise up, Jehu, in me. Throw that. Throw that witch out of your window. Whatever bondages you are in, your struggle. Sometimes we struggle within ourselves. We feel like we're free, but God wants us to see within ourselves and come on, take it off. Throw it in such a way that even when you go to look at it, want to leak it, you will not even find the remains. It has been already taken completely. Amen? Do you want to go to the enemy's camp? You know what happened to the Israelites when they were in Egypt, in the bondages, right? Moses went. He didn't just say like, okay, I'm not going to go to the Pharaoh, right? What did he do when God commanded him? He went. He went to the throne of Pharaoh and he challenged, let my people go. Let my people go. Are we ready to go to the enemies, come and challenge this Pharaoh and Jezebel? We don't want them to torment our children anymore. Not my, our children, not our families, not our husband or our wife or a pastor or our church. No more. We want to step inside that camp and challenge them. Say, no more Pharaoh. Take your hands off in Jesus' name. Can we all come here and we will do a little bit of prophetic act. And prophetic act is very, very powerful. Very powerful. So we're going to stand in the gap for our nation, for our youths, for our church, for our family. And we will do let my people go Pharaoh. We're going to shout at the enemy's camp. This is the enemy camp. We will imagine ourselves that we're standing here and we will challenge these demons. We will challenge this Satan. They are weak. They are nasty. They are ugly. They are afraid. That's why they are after our children. Come on. You are strong enough. You are free. You are people of freedom. You already got the freedom. Let's not go back to liking onions and garlic. Let's come on. Come, come out of that, you know. Come out of that and just let God work in your life and say, God, prepare yourself a little bit and say, God, I'm here to stand for our youths. Oh, God, Father, in freedom, we want to stand and want to declare for our children in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's lift our hand and come on authority. Come on, let's lift our hand as if you're holding this word on our hand. Come on, and say, let my people go, Pharaoh. Can we shout? Pharaoh! Let my people go! Pharaoh! Let my people go! Pharaoh! Let my youth go! Pharaoh! Let my family go! Pharaoh! 
Godfather, we speak your freedom, Lord Godfather, Lord. Oh, Godfather, Lord, we will send conviction notice to the Satan, Lord Godfather, Lord. You are oh, failed. You have lost your battle in Jesus' name. Oh, Godfather, Lord. Oh, Father, Lord, Rianda Nabo Shanda Rababa. Riande Nabo Shanda Rabo Riande Naba. Ridanda Nabo Shanda Rababa. We speak freedom over our children. Freedom over our churches, Lord God, Father, Lord. Over our families, Lord God, Father, Lord. In Jesus' name, God, Father. Every spirit of manipulation, anger, God, Father, Lord. Confusion, God, Father, Lord. Sicknesses, God, Father, Lord. Societal thoughts, Lord God, Father, Lord. Anything that is hindering, Lord. Brokenness, God, Father, Lord. Separation, Lord Jesus, God, Father, Lord. Everything in Jesus' name. We break the chain, God, Father, Lord. We break the chain, Lord God, God, Father, Lord. Every curse is God, Father, Lord. Every spells, God, Father, Lord. Hallelujah. We break in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We break in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, God. Thank you, Jesus, God. We come in agreement, God, Father. Oh, we come in agreement, God, Father, Lord. Oh, in this prayer, God, that we are free. Our country is free. Our children are free, God, Father, Lord. In Jesus' name, God, we want to press in, God, Father, Lord, for our nation, for our people, our for children, Lord, God, Father, Lord. Oh, we send your protection, Psalm 91, all of our children, Lord, all over them, Lord, all over them, Lord, God. Let the blood of Jesus just come all over them in Jesus' name, God, Father, Lord. Oh, God, Father, thank you, Jesus, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we, we, we stand in the gap. We come together in unity. We come together. Father, we believe that, that even though there, there may be darkness all around us, that, that you, you can help the lost soul in this generation, God. You can help the people who are suffering with mental illness, God. Father, that may not even know it. Father, the numbing work of the enemy to seduce this generation to follow after the world, Lord. We pray that you would send your Holy Spirit. You would send your mighty Holy Spirit in our lives, God. We ask for a move of the Holy Spirit, God. Come into our lives, God. We ask and, and that you would, you would heal this land, Lord. That you would be the one that would pour out your Spirit on all flesh, God. That the nations shall come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. For the nations in Asia, for the nations in, in, uh, in Europe, God. We pray for the, for the testimony of salvation to come forth, Lord. Father, we pray that there would be the harvest, as you have said, to come forth in these days, God. That you would let it come, Lord. Let it come, Lord. And Father, that we'd be able to say yes and amen, Father. We pray, help us to stand in the gap, Lord, even as we go from here, God. We pray, God, that as we leave from here, there would be a burning desire to pray for this generation to know the salvation of Jesus Christ. We pray for the open door, God. We pray for the open doors into these countries, God. We pray for the, the revelation of who you are to come down from heaven, Lord, to speak forth and to save those who might be lost, who might be wandering in the darkness, God. We pray that you would make the way as there may be no way right now uh, made, Lord. Father, we, we ask and we prepare the way, Lord. We send forth uh, just your desire, God, 
to, that all shall come to, to, to the knowledge of saving grace in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We just commit all this to you in this year, Lord. Father, as we begin to step into this new year, Lord, Father, that we would find greater fellowship to practice your presence, Lord, a greater intercession within us, Lord, even if it called a Jehu to tear down the enemy's camps, Lord, to tear down the enemy's uh, uh, plans and schemes, God. Father, that we would be a hosting place for your presence here in the gathering, God. Father, we ask for it to be just bound up, Lord, in the love and the hope and the faith that we all have to you, Lord. We, we, we commit it to you, Lord. We thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right. Hallelujah. So uh, we're going we're gonna to invite the altar ministry team to come up front if, if you guys would like to receive prayer. Uh, like like to receive anything going into this new year there'll be people up front here to pray for you and uh we just thank you guys so much and uh we hope you guys have a great week